Acts chapter 16, and we're going to look at some verses there. We're going to begin reading in verse number 25. And as I was sitting there, I was thinking about some of you that I've been seeing right along down through the years as I've been coming here, and it's good to see you again. And it's a blessing. Good to see you being faithful and serving the Lord. And then it's good to see some faces that I don't that I met that I've not seen. And now I asked the kids this morning, how, how many of you are here this morning that don't know me? Let me see your hand. You don't know me. You say I don't know this brother. All right. Well, a couple of you then. Well, uh, it's mutual. I don't know you either. So uh, hopefully before it's all over, we will know each other. And uh, I was telling them this morning, I live in Michigan City, Indiana, which is just east of uh, Chicago and a little east of Gary, Indiana, out in the country. And so I, and, and, and I like it out in the country. Uh, the only, only noise I hear is the crickets at night and uh, the uh, rooster crowing in the morning and maybe my dog's barking or something like that and... Uh, the only gunfire I hear is when I go out in my backyard and shoot my shotgun. So that's so it's a beautiful thing. So I, I, I enjoy that. Now I'm not shooting at anybody when I do that. I, I shoot those clay pigeons and uh, just target practice. So I enjoy that. If you're ever out that way, just stop in, and uh, we'll 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 do some shooting together, and uh, I'll show you around. But uh, glad to be here and glad to Pastor Hoover. Invited me to come. I don't know why he keeps inviting me, and uh, every, he just keeps asking me to come. And uh, so I'm glad to be able to come, and I hope that uh, the message this morning will be a blessing to you. hope you come back this afternoon for the meal, because if you don't come back, it'll just be more for me. And uh, so come on back, and I don't want to have to try to eat all that food, and then come back tonight for the service. Now, don't be like some folks come back here and get a full belly and then take off and uh, don't stay for the service. You know, you want to... Stay for the spiritual food as well. Amen? Yeah. All right. Acts chapter 16, I want to talk about a man that got saved. And just a basic uh, salvation message. Uh, I, I know that there are people here this morning that are saved. But you know what? I, I, I also realize that there are people here this morning that are not saved. And I'm going to talk about this thing of salvation this morning for just a little while. And then, uh, and then I'll let you go. But let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. And Father, I pray that, Lord, you will speak to our hearts once again, God. And I pray, God, that our hearts will be open. And I pray that the Holy Spirit, God, would empower the message and, and, uh, and help each person here, God, to get something out of the message. Speak to us and use this time, God, uh, for, Lord, for your glory. And we give it to you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 16 and verse number 25, the Bible says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. 
And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he said, Meet before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Now, as we read this passage of scripture, we, we have a story of a man that got saved. I mean, he got saved. And as I think about this man, I think about my own life. You know, 25 years ago, I got saved. And, and I lived without God and, I was, and all the way up to the time I was 23 years old. And at the age of 23, I got saved. Jesus Christ saved my soul. And I'm glad about that. Boy, I, I, I just praise God that I'm saved, you see, that, that I know without a doubt that I'm going to heaven when I die. And if you're here this morning and, and, and you're saved, boy, you ought to praise God for it, you see. Uh, you see, there is nothing more important in this world, listen to me, than to be saved, you see. Amen. Nothing more important. You can take anything that there is. Jesus Christ said that uh, what can a man give in exchange for his soul. You can take all the gold and all the silver and all the wealth of this world and all of these things and stack them up. And yet Jesus Christ says that salvation or the worth of a soul is of more value than all the things of this world. And you know, that makes sense because everything that's in this world is temporal. You see, Houses and lands and, 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 and fame and fortune and all that. It's all a temporary thing. Even our very lives are temporary. You see, we're not here forever in this life. Well, we may live 50 years or, or 40 years or 100 years or even over 100. My, my wife's uh, great-grandmother lived to, 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 you know, to be uh, over 100. I think 103 or 105. And it looks like her grandmother's going to be the same way. But, and, and, and we think, boy, that's a long time. But, you know, uh, let me ask you, what is that in terms of eternity? You compare a hundred years uh, to eternity, and that hundred years is as nothing, you see. This life is a fleeting thing, and, and, and the Bible compares our lives to temporary things. The Bible says, what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appears for a little while, and then it, 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 it vanishes. It's like a beautiful flower that, uh, boy, it just looks so pretty. And boy, you put it in the, in the, in the uh, vase there and put water in it and this kind of thing. And boy, it looks so beautiful. But boy, you come back in a week or a few days and it's all withered up, you see. And God says that that's how our lives are. And with that in mind, listen to me, my friend. We better make sure that we have prepared for the life to come. Because we are going to spend eternity somewhere. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what your name is. Doesn't matter what your background is. Listen, my friend, you and I will spend eternity in either heaven or hell. And that's why this matter of salvation is so important. It is vital that we get saved, you see, because eternity is settled on this side, not on the other side. 
In other words, if you're going to get saved, you better get saved while you have the opportunity. You better get saved while there's breath in your body. You better get saved while you have an opportunity, my friend. So many people want to put it off. So many people want to say, boy, I've got time. And, you know, you, you know that's a good thing. And I'm going to get around to it one of these days. But listen to me, friend. You don't know that you have one of these days. The only day that we know that we have is this day. And God has been good to us, hasn't he? God has been merciful to us and given us this day, amen? And boy, if you're not saved, you ought to take advantage of the day that God has given you. This man got saved, and and, and I want to talk about his experience, and and I want to relate it to our lives. I want us to see that, first of all, that, that there was a reason why this man got saved. There was a reason why he even wanted to get saved. There was a reason why he even thought about getting saved. And you say, Brother McCoy, what was that reason? Listen to me. It was the testimony of, of godly Christians that he saw. Look at the Bible. The Bible says in verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And saying praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. Listen to me. Paul and Silas had a testimony. And their testimony, listen, spoke of of what they really were inside. Here they were in prison. Here they were, listen, they weren't in prison because they stole something. They weren't in prison because they had really broken any laws. They were in prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Unjustly condemned, unjustly imprisoned, you see. And yet the Bible says, and at midnight they prayed and sang praises unto God. I'm saying they had a testimony. And the thing that I see so often among people who, who say that they are saved and, and, and in many cases are saved is that in many cases, listen, we don't have a testimony. Man, we're trying to get that uh, lost brother saved or that lost sister saved or that lost mother saved or that lost father saved. And boy, we want them to get saved. We want that lost co-worker to get saved. We want that lost neighbor to get saved. And listen, it is so sad many times that we don't have a testimony that they would want to get saved. Salvation, listen, is not something that's just good to get you to heaven, my friend. Salvation will change your life. And I just wonder about people who make a profession of faith but never have any change in their lives. And you make a profession of faith, but you go home and you still listen to the same trash you always listen to. You still running in the same crowds you always ran in. You still talking the same dirty talk and walking the same dirty walk and listening to the same dirty music and looking at the same dirty trash on television. And yet, listen to me, uh, you wonder why you don't have any influence. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. All things are what? Passed away. And behold what? All things. Not some things. Not a few things. Amen? All things are become new. And, and, and you know, I, I can only relate my own experience. Man, when I got saved, I, man, I was a rough customer. 
I mean, I was, you know, living a wicked life and, uh, uh, you know, was in a rock and roll band and, uh, and, and, and I looked like it and I acted like it, you see. But God saved me. Man, in, 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 in a motel room, God saved me. But he changed my life. And you may have looked at me in the first few hours and first few days and maybe even the first few weeks of my salvation and thought, man, he's no different. But you know, God had done a work in my heart. And I went back home and boy, oh boy, God began to change my life, you see. But he changed it, listen, from the inside out. Not from the outside in, you see. Man, the cigarettes went, you see. And the rock music went. And, and listen, I even uh, start dressing different, you see. And then, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> man, I, I, I had to part company with my best buddy. You say, why? Because he was still walking that dirty walk, you see. And I wasn't going that way anymore. Man, I was walking God's way. It was a natural division. Things change, you see, not not because I made them change, but because there was a change in me. And I'm asking you today, has there been a change in your life? Has there been a significant change in the way you look at things? In, 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 in your attitude about things, you see, in your relationship with God. Listen, Paul and Silas had a tremendous testimony and it affected this man to the extent, boy, that, that, that it made him want to, uh, what they had. He, 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 he saw a testimony, but, 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 but here's the thing I want you to see in verse 30. And the Bible says that he brought them out. And said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He was concerned about his soul. He had a concern for his soul. And boy, if there's anything that I see is that there's so many people, listen, they're concerned about everything else. But they're not very concerned about their soul. Well, they're concerned about how they're going to make a dollar. They're, they're concerned about how they're going to pay the rent. They're concerned about how they're going to get something to eat. They're concerned about how they're going to beat somebody out of this and do that. Man, they're concerned about all kinds of things. But not very concerned about their soul. And listen to me this morning. If you're here and you're not saved, if there's anything that I could get you to do, if there's anything that I desire for you to do this morning, and it's this, get concerned about your soul. Get concerned about salvation. Get concerned about it. This man was on the verge of suicide. The Bible says that as he saw that the prison doors were open and, and, and he thought that the prisoners were escaped, the Bible says that, that, that he would have killed himself. In verse 27, it says, And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself. Man, he was in a hopeless situation. He thought, man, my life is over. I'll just kill myself. Think about the people today. I was telling the young people this morning that the number one cause of death of teenagers is suicide. And that's an amazing thing, isn't it? When you think that a teenager ought to have everything to live for. When a teenager ought to have their whole life before them, ought to be excited about life and looking forward to, man, having a great life. And yet, listen, they're dropping like flies from suicide. And not only teenagers. 
I see adults committing suicide too. Some are committing slow suicide. Drinking and drugs and crime. They get killed. You know, just, hey, listen. This man was hopeless. But in his hopelessness and despair, and he cried out to God. Boy, that's what you need to do. You say, Brother McCoy, what hope do I have? Hey, the only hope you have, my friend, is in God. Without God, you don't have any hope. Without God, my friend, your life, listen, it's only despair on top of despair. But there's hope in God today. And he cried out in that despair. That's what you need to do. Man, cry out to God, you see. And he cried out and said, what must I do to be saved? Ain't it interesting? He didn't say, what must I do to get another dollar? He didn't say, what must I do that I can drive a big car? What must I do that I can have a big house? What must I do that I can be uh, 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 famous and, uh, and all of that? He said, what must I do to be saved? He got concerned about his soul. I'm asking you today, and if you're not saved, are you even concerned about it? Does it even matter to you? And those of us that, 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 that are here that, that are saved, are we concerned about the souls of those who are not? Oh, it's easy for us to say we are. Oh, it's easy for us to act like we are. But listen, are we concerned? Are we burdened for the lost? He was concerned about his soul. He was concerned enough to cry out, you see. And he cried out and said, what must I do to be saved? Not what must I do to be religious. Because there's no salvation in religion, you see. Not what must I do to be a better guy. Boy, listen, because listen, there's no salvation in good works. He said, what must I do to be saved? And I want us to see here that, listen, he got the right answer. Because look at verse number 31. It says, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Aren't those sweet words? Think about that. Well, the devil would like people to think that salvation is hard. That salvation is something, boy, that only certain people can attain and all of that. No, listen, salvation is simple. Salvation for us is easy. Jesus did all the work. Jesus is the one that died on the cross. Jesus is the one that shed his blood. Jesus is the one that suffered, my friend. Listen, salvation for you and I is as simple as believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved, through faith. And that not of yourselves. Boy, thank God it's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. Now you, you, you tell me, how hard is it to receive a gift? Just a few moments ago, Pastor gave some gifts out. He gave some calendars out. Well, those were gifts, Amen. 
Those people that received those gifts, they didn't have to buy them. They didn't have to go anywhere. They didn't have to do anything. All they had to do was reach out and receive them. Amen? Wasn't hard. Didn't have to sweat. Didn't have to do anything. Amen? Brother Brushwood did all the work. He'd run around. They just received it. And yet the Bible says of self, as, as pertaining to salvation, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Listen, when I got saved, I simply received Jesus Christ as my Savior. Yes. I wasn't even in church. There was no choir singing. There was no organs playing. I was just knelt on the side of a bed and received Jesus as my Savior. And you know what? Anybody in here that's saved got saved the same way. Simple, wasn't it? Simple. And listen to me. God has made it that way because, listen, God wants every person to be saved. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish. If you're here today, listen, it is, and, and, and listen, if you die and go to hell, mark it down. It's not God's will that you do so. For it is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth, that every person would be saved. God wants every person to be saved. But the sad truth is that every person won't be saved. I was telling the kids this morning that in in John chapter 3, there's a story of, of God's dealing with his people, and he gives us a beautiful picture of Christ and the cross and and salvation from the Old Testament. And in John chapter 3 and verse number 14, now we know verse 16, but but there's a beautiful picture in uh, verses 14 and 15. And it says in verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now I want you to think about that. You, you that read the Bible, you know that, that, that the Israelites had sinned against God. They murmured against God and, and they were in rebellion to God. And God judged them, you see, because God must judge sin. And so God sent what the Bible calls fiery serpents among them. In other words, poisonous snakes. Can you imagine that? Man, you know, you walk up the sidewalk and the sidewalk's covered with poisonous snakes. Well, you think, man, I got to get in the house to get away from them. And you open your front door and and, and your whole porch and living room floor and bed and everywhere in the house is just covered. You open the cupboard and and poisonous snakes fall out. I mean, everywhere you go, you get in the car and and, and your car is literally filled with poisonous snakes. And and everywhere people were dying uh, 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 because they were being bitten by these poisonous snakes. But listen to me. God is a God of judgment, but God is also a God of mercy. And in God's judgment and holiness, he had to judge their sin. But in his mercy, he provided a way for them to escape the punishment. So he tells Moses, Moses, I want you to take a brass, uh, some brass and make a serpent out of that brass. I want you to put it up on a pole. 
and, and I want you to go through the whole camp and, and among all the people and, and hold that pole up. And he said, Moses, whoever looks up at the brass snake on the pole, they will live. They will live. And he went through all of those people. And do you know that there were some people who, who, who wouldn't even look up? And you say, what happened to them? They died. And there were others. Now, you know, they may not have been the best people or, that, or, or whatever. But listen, that, but when they looked up, they were healed and God spared their lives. You see, there was life in a look. There was life in a look. They didn't have to be good. They didn't have to be uh, religious. They didn't have to be anything. All they had to do was look. And that's a picture of Jesus Christ on the cross. You see, God judged our sin in Jesus Christ on the cross. And the Bible says that whosoever believeth in him, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see, just as that brass serpent was the likeness of that those real serpents that were killing him, Jesus Christ, you see, he died in the likeness of sin. He became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, what do we have to do? Look to him. Look to Jesus. But listen, to look to Jesus means to look away from everything else. You see, if I'm going to look to Jesus, then I've got to look away from religion. If I'm going to look to Jesus, then I've got to look away from good works. If I'm going to look to Jesus, then I must look away from baptism or any kind of rituals or confirmation or anything like that. I must look to him and him alone. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And they preached the gospel to this man. They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Listen to me. This man saw a testimony of, of, of what true Christianity is all about, you see. They saw it in the lives of Paul. He saw it in the lives of Paul and Silas. He got concerned about his soul. And I'm asking you this morning, are you concerned about your soul? He heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse 32, And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And then I want you to see the last thing, that his life was completely changed. It was completely changed. Look what the Bible says in verse number 33. It says, And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes. Now, what do you mean by stripes? Well, he had beaten them, you see, with a whip, some kind of a whip, just like they had beaten Jesus Christ with a whip. And, and, and when a person had been beaten like that, they could, the, the, the marks on their back, they called it stripes. There were cuts and gashes in their back, you see. The Bible says that that same night, you see, this man got saved. And he took and washed their stripes, you see. You see, God made this hard man compassionate and caring and loving. 
Don't you see a changed life there? You see? That was totally opposite of what this man had been all of his life, you see. He washed their stripes. Secondly, the Bible says that he, and was baptized. Hey, listen, the first thing that, that, that a person ought to do once they get saved is get baptized. You see, this man didn't get baptized, listen to me, he didn't get baptized in order to be saved. He got baptized to show that he was saved. And so many people have it backwards. Man, they get baptized when they're 10 years old or 12 years old, and that's fine if you're saved. But baptism only means anything if, if, if it's a testimony of salvation. See? It's just like this wedding ring. This wedding ring, it, it, it really is a wedding ring. Not a very expensive wedding ring. When, when, when I got married, uh, my wife and I, 23 years ago, we didn't have much money. And I still don't have much, but uh, on our 25th anniversary, I'm going to get a really nice ring but uh, for her. But, uh, but, but this wedding ring only means something, really, if I'm married. If I just got a wedding ring on, it don't mean anything. It just means it's a guy with a wedding ring on. A pattern of things and, 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 and in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, he got saved and then he was baptized. But listen to this. He says he and all his, that is his wife and his children and everybody in his household that got saved straightway. You see, didn't fool around, didn't wait two years, you know. As soon as possible, he was baptized. And listen to me, if you've gotten saved and you've not been scripturally baptized, well, you need to see the pastor and say, look, pastor, I, I got saved and I need to I need to do it God's way. I got saved. Now I need to get baptized, you see, and, and, and tell him you want to do it as soon as possible. And then the Bible says in verse 34, and when he had brought them into his house and watch this, it says he set meat before them. You see the generosity of this man Man, he's not selfish anymore not just thinking of himself man he, he you know he got with the wife and said honey let's let let's get some food for these guys and let's feed them now, this is all in the middle of the night you see his life was changed and then we see that the bible says of him it says and rejoiced believing in god with all his house god brought joy into this man's life now, 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 picture this. Now, now, maybe I'm the, I, I'm the only one can see this, but I see this, this, this jailer as being a vulgar man. I mean, the kind of man that come home drunk and cussing and, and uh, just, uh, uh, you know, tearing up, just a mad man, you know. He, he lived that kind of life. And now the man gets saved. And boy, he comes, man, you know, he's not, he's not cussing out the kids and not uh, uh, cussing out the wife and, and beating up on his wife and all that. Then he's praising God, I'm saved. Amen. He's rejoicing in God. Believing in God, the Bible says, with all his house. Well, I'm so glad that, that man, salvation, when, when you get saved, it brings joy into your life. Praise God. Amen. You know, again, I was telling the kids this morning, so many sad people in this world. I mean, you just go around and just look at people, man. People, you know, the average person is just, is just sad. 
I was listening to the radio on my way here this morning, and and uh, the, that singer Garth Brooks was in the news, and most of us have heard of Garth Brooks, right? The country singer. I don't listen to that trash. Country music. Somebody say, what do you get when you play country music backwards? Well, you get your dog back and your girlfriend back and your house back and your pickup truck back and everything. You say, what was he in the news for? He's getting a divorce. Him and his wife have divorced. Now, I, and I thought about that. Here's a guy, man, he's got more money than all of us in here will ever have in our lives, probably. He's got fame. He's, he's a big shot, man. He's all this kind of stuff. I'll guarantee you one thing, he's not happy. He's not happy. His, his, his family's busted up, man. He's got nothing, you see. Praise God. But we as Christians, you see, we're saved, man. We may not have hundreds and thousands of dollars, but we've got Jesus, amen. amen. We've got heaven, amen. We've got God, amen. amen. We can rejoice and praise God. You see, I'm saying, listen, this man got saved. And there's a lot to salvation, amen? But boy, I'm glad, listen to me, I'm through, but I'm glad that Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but you know what? He washed it. White as snow. If you're here today and you're not saved, I just want you to know you can be saved today. And I want you to know you ought to be saved today. There's no reason in the world for you not to be saved today. You need to get it taken care of. What must I do to be saved, he asked. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. Saved. Boy, that's a beautiful word. Isn't it? I love that word. Let's bow our heads. Heads about our eyes are closed. I want to ask you a question. I know there are many people in this room that are saved. I want to ask you a question, and nobody, I don't want anybody to speak out or do anything, but just think about this for a second. Let me ask you this question. Are you saved? Now, hold it a minute. I didn't ask you if you're religious. I didn't ask you if you're a church member. I didn't ask you if you've been in church all your life. I didn't ask you if you've been baptized. I'm asking you, are you saved? In other words, if you were to die right now, are you 100% sure? Not 98, not 99%. Are you 100% sure that you'd go to heaven? Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Don't leave this place today without getting it settled. And don't let the devil convince you that you got time. See, because that's a lie. You don't know if you have time. You may have time, but you don't know that you have time. But you know that you have right now. And that's why God says now, today is the day. You see, today if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Don't say no to God. God is merciful. But he's also a God of judgment. But he's a God of mercy. And he wants to have mercy on you. And I wonder who's here this morning. You say, Brother McCoy, I got it settled. I'm like the jailer. I know it. I got it settled. Not one question about it. If I was to die right now, I know I'll go to heaven. I'm saved and I know it. And I thank God for it. Could you raise your hand to that? Honestly, now don't lie because God knows. And, and if you just raise your hand to say it, don't you think that if God is who's greater than us knows that, that we're not telling the truth? 
You hear this morning, you say, Brother McCoy, I know it without a doubt. I know it. Hold it up for a second as a testimony. Just hold it up for a second. I know it without a doubt. Okay, you can put your hand down. I wonder who's here this morning. You say, Brother McCoy, I really couldn't raise my hand. And I, I'm just being honest before God. I couldn't raise my hand to say that I know that I'm saved. I'd like to be, but I, I'm just being honest. Uh, I, 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 uh, and I'm not going to lie about it. All right? Well, let me ask you this. You're here and you couldn't raise your hand. Would you raise your hand now to say, pray for me? I'd like to be saved. Pray for me. Could you raise your hand to that? Just raise it up. All right. God bless you, son. Who else? You'd raise your hand and say, I'm not 100% sure that I'm saved, but I, I'd like to be. Pray for me. Who else is like that here this morning? Boy, you need to get it settled. Like the jailer. Who else this morning? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Forget all the, 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 the stuff you've heard. Forget about all the lies of the devil that he's used to try to keep you out of heaven, you see. Think about what the Bible says. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. Who, who else this morning? You, by the raise of your hand, you say, pray for me. I need to be saved. I need to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Who else is like that here this morning? All right, heads about, eyes are closed. And now one, one other thing. I wonder how many of us that are here that are Christians that would honestly say before God, my testimony is not what it ought to be. My testimony has got some spots in it. My, 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 my garment's got some spots in it, man. I, I'm not what ought to be at work or I'm not what ought to be at home or boy, there, there, there's some things in my life that really would hinder somebody from being saved. And I know it's wrong. I need to get victory over it. Pray for me that I'd get victory over it. Would you just raise your hand, Christian? Would you raise your hand about that? Could be a bad temper. Could be just a bad attitude. Could be some, some, something that's not settled with someone that you know you ought to get settled. And it's a hindrance. Who else? You'd raise your hand. You'd raise your hand. You'd raise your hand. Who else? You'd raise your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you'd help us as Christians to be clean and be right and be, Lord, to be able to say like Paul, God, that we're pure from the blood of all men. No one would die and go to hell and be able to blame us for it and be able to point to us and say, I, I, I would have gotten saved if it hadn't have been for so-and-so. God, please help us. Please bless this invitation, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to ask Miss Welder to play. And as she plays, I'm going to ask you, Christian, if you'd come to the altar and do business with God. I know it's a salvation message, but there's something there for Christians. There's something you need to get right. There's just some area you need to confess. You come this morning. If you need to be saved, you raise your hand to be saved. I want you to come. I want you to come. Pastor's here. Go to pastor. Pastor's standing around. You say, Pastor, I need to be saved. Go ahead. Go ahead. You say, Pastor, I need to be saved. Amen. I need to be saved. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Amen. All right. Anybody else? Christian? Visitor, member, doesn't matter. Maybe you hear it, you say, boy, I'm saved, but I've never been scripturally baptized. Why don't you get that thing settled, friend? Meet the pastor down here and say, Pastor, I need to get that taken care of. And he'll talk to you about that. Would you come this morning? Would you come this morning? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I don't know what you've been looking to. I don't know what you've been looking at. 
I'm asking you this morning to look to Jesus. There's life in a look, my friend. There's life in a look to the Savior. Would you come this morning? Would you look to him? Would you cry out to him? Maybe you feel like there's no hope. Oh, there is hope. Because we have a Savior. Would you come? Come home. Come home. Ye who are weary. Come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling all sinners. She plays through one more time. Maybe you're here and you're a Christian. You know there's something weighing on your heart. The Holy Spirit has, has pointed out something. Boy, please get it taken care of. Please get it taken care of. Pastor, would you?